anytime you hear Roadrunner by the Modern Lovers here on WRCR, you're about to listen to the good. I love that song. And uh, I'm so glad to be here with you for another edition, a live edition of The Good with Kevin Thomas. I am Kevin Thomas. And today is going to be slightly different. Uh, I, I might have a story or two, but uh, no music. No music. Instead, uh, what we're going to do is... Uh, I had decided to take the day off yesterday to observe Martin Luther King Day, uh, but I still wanted to have a Martin Luther King Day show. So we're going to do that today. Uh, I might have a couple stories, like I said, but uh, I'm going to play you a couple of his speeches, probably his most well-known speech, that took place on August 28th, 1963, I Have a Dream speech. And uh, you will hear that speech in its entirety here on The Good. And then uh, for the uh, last block of the show, I'm going to play a speech that he gave to some uh, high school students in Philadelphia back on October 26th, 1967, and uh, it goes by the name, What is Your Life's Blueprint? And I, I think they're both really incredible speeches, and you're going to hear them both uh, today here on The Good. Uh, you know, I figure tomorrow we'll probably bring back the... Uh, uh, music history stuff and uh we'll have stories and we'll have whatnot uh on the show of music of course uh but uh, today today is a special day uh for the good so i hope you enjoy it and i hope that uh you dig what i play today here on the show now if you feel like saying hello or you feel like uh, telling me uh uh, any good news that's going on in your world or uh no i don't know maybe you just feel like uh complaining about the weather or whatever you feel like talking about give me a call the number is 845-429-1700 that's 845-429-1700 and that's uh that's what we've got uh for today uh, it is a nice day today. It really is uh, uh, nice sunshine and uh, definitely a departure from what we had over the weekend. A lot of, uh, we had some, well, we had a little bit of snow and uh, we had some rain and we had some wind and uh, I hope everybody made it through okay. Uh, you know, it looks like the next... Uh, couple of days might feature some uh cold weather and a uh, couple days with uh, snow flurries or snow showers in the forecast and uh it's definitely winter that's for sure uh the last time i checked uh thursday at night is supposed to be what seven degrees 
Uh, Friday night might be 11. Uh, so we got some cold nights coming up, but uh, decent weather for at least today and tomorrow. So uh, tomorrow's supposed to be in the uh, upper 30s, low 40s tomorrow. So uh, definitely enjoy it while you can. Uh, I got to say, Saturday, you know, coming in uh, to the station to uh, do, uh, to run the board for Lou, uh, that that was frigid. That was, that was cold right there. Even for me, I love the cold, but even for me, that, that was cold. Uh, You know, I'm... I'm not a glutton for punishment, I guess. But uh, uh, anyways, like I said, today uh, might have some stories here uh, to share with you. So why don't we uh, get to those real quick and then we'll get to the Martin Luther King speeches uh, in a little bit. All right. So first off, we're going to start in Texas. Now, uh, Johnny Walker's family uh, had uh, thought that he, they'd been searching in hospitals, they'd been searching in morgues, because uh, they were told that Johnny had died in a stabbing. Uh, the 53-year-old Johnny uh, had not been seen by his family had not been in touch with this family for nearly three months. He's been homeless since 2006. But uh, then they got the good news that not only was Johnny alive, but he was doing something pretty amazing. Uh, So what happened was uh, they saw a news report about their Johnny And uh, Johnny happened to help out a Harris County Sheriff's deputy who was involved in a car crash after responding to an aggravated robbery call at a CVS in Houston. Now, uh, the deputy was chasing the possible robbery suspect, but was involved in a crash at at an intersection. Now, there were seven cars involved in the crash unfortunately one woman died at the scene two children were taken to the hospital uh you know but but he was actually able to pull the sheriff's deputy out of his car after it caught fire uh johnny later said that he thought the vehicle would blow up And he said of his thought process, he said, get him out of the car before it explodes. He he said later on, uh, we took him to the store and I was checking his neck and put my hand over his mouth and nose closely to see if he was breathing. And he did. Uh, So Johnny is a hero. And uh, luckily, his family saw the story about him being a good Samaritan. And uh, 
they said that they they were able to go and see him. And when they got to him, he was just really upset that he couldn't help the lady uh, that passed on. He said he wished he could have done more for her. Uh, he said at the time, I tried to help that lady. She passed, though. I'm just thinking about them little kids. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, that, that was the situation there. But uh, uh, Walker's family uh, told the uh, local news that they are buying him clothes, food, and helping him get the resources he needs. But uh, I wish all the best to Johnny. And uh, I hope that he's able to find a place to stay and uh, uh, food to eat. And, uh, you know, hopefully his family will uh, be able to stay in contact with him. Uh, it can't be easy, you know, but uh, it, there's an example of a guy that... Uh, uh, despite what he's going through, he's willing to step up and help out, uh, help out somebody in the midst of it all. Now, uh, this next story, I, I, uh, well, I was going to tell you the story, but uh, looks like my technology is not working. Yeah, go go figure. Anyways, let's let's talk about this story. So we have Ron, and we have uh, one second here. We have Ron, and we have Joyce Bond, and they both live at the Shenley Wood Retirement Village in Milton Keys. They are thought to be. The UK's longest married couple. Get this. They got married in Buckinghamshire on January 4th, 1941. Ron is 102 and Joyce is 100. They are celebrating their 81st wedding anniversary 81st matter of fact last year uh, the couple received written congratulations from the queen on reaching their oak anniversary now matter of fact uh, ron and joyce got married on a day when there was three inches of snow on the ground. Now, matter of fact, they got married around the time of the war. And uh, they agreed it was love at first sight and believed they were evenly matched in the relationship. As uh, Joyce puts it, there is no boss in our relationship. We both give and take. She says, we never expected to reach 81 years of marriage. We know we are very fortunate to have achieved this amazing goal. It feels excellent. And Ron says, sometimes life is hard, 
but we work through it together. We look af- after each other, too. Now, as far as their uh, family is concerned, they have two children, Eileen and Bill, and now they have three grandchildren, six great-grandchildren, and one great-great-grandchild. Now, for a while... Ron was working at a shell garage in Bletchley before retiring, while Joyce was working at a Woolworths in Queensway. They moved to the retirement village in 2013. Uh, Their daughter says that her parents are a truly inspirational couple. They was always a warm welcome and lots of love for us. Dad worked hard to provide for the family while Mom worked hard at keeping our home and us clean and tidy. You only have to spend time with them to know they love and care for each other even after 81 years of being married. How about that? 81 years together. God bless them. So when we return to The Good with Kevin Thomas, I will begin uh, by playing you the I Have a Dream speech. August 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King. When The Good with Kevin Thomas returns. Hudson Valley News, informative programs, and your favorite music. We're Radio Unscripted, AM 1700, WRCR, and WRCR.com. This is Lou Young with a new type of radio reality for the new year. Every week, we'll spend two enlightening hours together learning to recognize the profound and permanent changes taking place all around us. Look, the planet is in full revolt, and we need a plan. Climates change. Species disappear. Viruses rampage, and we're told our primary value is to consume and ignore. This is a wake-up call to action. The signs are everywhere, and the solution is between our ears and in our hearts. Tough times with Lou Young, Saturdays on WRCR, 1 to 3 p.m. Join us. I dare you. Are you looking to sell your home this year? Would it be of interest to you to find out what needs to be done to sell your home? Often, people want to do improvements to make their home more sellable. Before spending any money, call me for a free consultation on what to do and what not to do when getting ready to sell your home. This is Naomi Streicher at Q Home Sales, 845-364-0007. Are you an adoptive parent, foster parent, raising a relative's child? Are you struggling with your child? Are you feeling alone or isolated because your family, friends, and neighbors don't understand what you're going through? Raising children with loss and early childhood trauma can be difficult because these children require different parenting approaches than children who haven't experienced these struggles. You can find help at our post-adoption and guardianship assistance program for everyone, Agape. Contact us at the Adoptive and Foster Family Coalition of New York's free 24-7 helpline at 888-354-1342. That's 888-354-1342. We offer free parent trainings, support groups, educational outreach, advocacy, and more. 
Find us online at affcny.org. That's affcny.org. A source of support, information, and advocacy since 1975. Weather. We're back to just a normal mid-January day across the Lower Hudson Valley. Slightly sunny skies. It'll be breezy, but less wind than the past few days. And highs between 25 and 30 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy and cold. Lows from 15 to 20. Then partly sunny once again on Wednesday. Breezy. Highs between 30 and 35. Then for Thursday morning into the early afternoon, occasional light snow. It could be an inch or two. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies and highs between 30 and 35. And on Friday, partly sunny, windy, and highs again, 30 to 35. For AM 1700 WRCR, this is meteorologist Mark Hannick. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 34. time I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, 
The, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, the, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time <laughs> to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time <laughs> to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment this sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent. 
will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. And they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone and as we walk we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead we cannot turn back there are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights when will you be satisfied we can never be satisfied as long as the negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality we can never be satisfied. As long as our body is heavy with the fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. 
satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not my unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. And some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. One day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. dream.
sing that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the crevaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. The immortal words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. here on The Good with Kevin Thomas. And uh, we will have a short break. And when we return, uh, I'm going to play you a speech that he did back in 1967, uh, uh, October 26th of 1967 in Philadelphia. What? is your life's blueprint when the good with kevin thomas returns if it concerns the hudson valley it concerns us am 1700 wrcr and wrcr.com weather we're back to just the normal mid-january day across the low hudson valley finally sunny skies it'll be breezy but less wind in the past few days and highs between 25 and 30 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy and cold. Lows from 15 to 20. Then partly sunny once again on Wednesday. Breezy. 
highs between 30 and 35. Then for Thursday morning into the early afternoon, occasional light snow. It could be an inch or two. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies and highs between 30 and 35. And on Friday, partly sunny, windy, and highs again, 30 to 35. For AM 1700 WRCR, this is meteorologist Mark Hannick. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 34. And help welcome our honored, distinguished guest, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Principal Fornese, Mr. Williams, members of the faculty and members of the student body of Barrett Junior High School, ladies and gentlemen. I need not pause to say how very delighted I am to be here today and to have the opportunity of taking a brief break in a pretty busy schedule in the city of Philadelphia uh, to share with you the students of Barrett Junior High School. And I want to express my personal appreciation to the principal and the administration uh, for inviting me and for giving me the opportunity uh, to see this very fine and enthusiastic group of students here at Barrett. I guess I ought to start out with a commercial, and that is uh, tonight we're going to have a great night in the city of Philadelphia at the Spectrum. Now, I know you've heard of that new impressive structure called the Spectrum. And I know you've heard of Harry Belafonte and Aretha Franklin and Nipsey Russell and Sidney Poitier and all of these other great and outstanding artists. Well, they're going to be here tonight at the Spectrum. And I hope that each of you will go home and tell your parents to be there tonight for this great Freedom Festival. And I hope you will come also, for it will be a great experience. And by coming, uh, you will be supporting uh, the work of the civil rights movement. Now that I've gotten the commercial out of the way, I'll move on and uh, say some things that I want to say very briefly. And I'm being very honest, I'm going to be brief because I have other engagements. I don't have a tradition of being brief all the time. You know, I'm a Baptist preacher, and we can talk a long time. But I'm going to really be brief today. 
I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go. And whenever a building is constructed, you usually have an architect who draws a blueprint. And that blueprint serves as the pattern, as the guide, as the model for those who are to build the building. And a building is not well erected without a good, sound, and solid blueprint. Now each of you is in the process of building the structure of your lives. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Now that means that you should not be ashamed of your color. You know, it's very unfortunate that in so many instances, our society has placed a stigma on the Negro's color. And you know there are some Negroes who are ashamed of themselves. But don't be ashamed of your color. Don't be ashamed of your biological features. Somehow you must be able to say in your own lives and really believe it, I am black but beautiful. And believe it in your own. And therefore, you need not be lured into purchasing cosmetics advertised to make you lighter. Neither do you need to process your hair to make it appear straight. I have good hair, and it is as good as anybody else's hair in the world. And we've got to believe that.
Now, in your life's blueprint, be sure that you have that a principle of somebody. Secondly, in your life's blueprint, you must have as a basic principle the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and the years unfold what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. And once you discover what it will be, set out to do it and to do it well. And I say to you, my young friends, that doors are opening to each of you. Doors of opportunity are opening to each of you that were not open to your mothers and to your fathers. And the great challenge facing you is to be ready to enter these doors as they open. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the great essayist, said in a lecture back in 1871 that if a man can write a better book or preach a better sermon or make a better mousetrap than his neighbor, even if he builds his house in the woods, the world will make a beaten path to his door. That hadn't always been true, but it will become increasingly true. And so I would urge you to study hard, to burn the midnight oil. I would say to you, don't drop out of school. And I understand all of the sociological reasons why we often drop out of school. But I urge you, in spite of your economic plight, in spite of the situation that you are forced to live so often with intolerable conditions, stay in school. And when you discover what you're going to be in life, set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. And just don't set out to do a good Negro job, but do a good job that anybody could do. Don't set out to be just a good Negro doctor, a good Negro lawyer, a good Negro school teacher, a good Negro preacher, a good Negro barber, a beautician, uh, a good Negro skilled laborer. For if you set out to do that, you have already flunked your matriculation exam for entrance into the University of Integration. Set out to do a good job and do that job so well that the living, the dead, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. falls your lot to be a street sweeper. Sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Leontine Price sings before the Metro Metropolitan Opera. And sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth 
will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a scrub in the valley. But be the best little scrub on the side of the rill. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. have some noble examples of black men and black women who demonstrated to us that human nature cannot be cataloged. They in their own lives have walked through long and desolate nights of oppression and yet they've risen up and plunged against cloud-filled nights of affliction, new and blazing stars of inspiration. And so from an old slave cabin of Virginia's hills, Booker T. Washington rose up to be one of America's great leaders. He lit a torch in Alabama, and darkness fled in that setting. Yes, you should know this because it's in your own city, from a poverty-stricken area of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Marin Anderson rose up to be the world's greatest contralto so that a Toscanini could say that a voice like this comes only once in a century. And Sibelius of Finland could say, my roof is too low for such a voice from the red hills of Gordon County, Georgia. And the arms of a mother who could neither read nor write, Roland Hayes rose up to be one of the world's great singers and carried his melodious voice into the palaces and mansions of kings and queens from crippling circumstances. There came a George Washington Carver to carve for himself an imperishable niche in the annals of science. There was a star in the diplomatic sky. And then came Ralph Bunch, the grandson of a slave preacher. And he reached up and grabbed it and allowed it to shine in his life with all of its scintillating beauty. There was a star in the athletic sky. And then came Jackie Robinson in his day and Willie Mays in his day with their powerful bats and their calm spirits. Then came Jesse Owens with his fleet and dashing feet. Then came Joe Lewis and Muhammad Ali with their educated fists. All of them came to tell us that we can be somebody and to justify the conviction of the poet, fleecy locks and black complexion cannot forfeit nature's claim. Skin may differ, but affection dwells in black and white the same. And if I were so tall as to reach the pole, or to grasp the ocean at a span, I must be measured by my soul. The mind is the standard of the man. And finally,
finally in your life's blueprint must be a commitment to the eternal principles of beauty, love, and justice. Don't allow anybody to pull you so low as to make you hate them. Don't allow anybody to cause you to lose your self-respect to the point that you do not struggle for justice. However young you are, you have a responsibility to seek to make your nation a better nation in which to live. You have a responsibility to seek to make life better for everybody. And so you must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. Now in this struggle for freedom and justice, there are many constructive things that we all can do and that we all must do. And we must not give ourselves to those things which will not solve our problems. You've heard the word nonviolent and you've heard the word violent. I happen to believe in nonviolence. We struggle with this method with young people and adults alike all over the South and we have won some significant victories and we've got to struggle with it all over the North because the problems are as serious in the North as they are in the South. But I believe as we struggle with these problems, we've got to struggle with them with a method that can be militant, but at the same time does not destroy life or property. And so our slogan must not be burn, baby, burn. It must be build, baby, build. Organize, baby, organize. Yes, our slogan must be learn, baby, learn, so that we can earn, baby, earn. And with a powerful commitment, I believe that we can transform dark yesterdays of injustice into bright tomorrows of justice and humanity. Let us keep going toward the goal of selfhood, toward the realization of the dream of brotherhood, and toward the realization of the dream of understanding goodwill. Let nobody stop us. I close by quoting once more the man that the young lady quoted, that magnificent black bard who has now passed on, Langston Hughes. One day he wrote a poem entitled Mother to Son. And the mother didn't always have her grammar right, but she uttered words of great symbolic profundity. Well, son, I'll tell you, Life for me ain't been no crystal stat, it's had tax in it. Boards torn up, places with no carpet on the floor, bare. But all the time, 
I's been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So boy, don't you stop now. Don't you sit down on the steps cause you finds this kind of hard. But I still going, boy. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. Well, life for none of us has been a crystal stair. But we must keep moving. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Martin Luther King Jr. with some amazing words for a junior high school in Philadelphia back in 1967. Uh, we have run way above our time. Uh, here on The Good with Kevin Thomas. So we are going to wrap it up. Coming up next is Clem in the PM. So we will see you, God willing, tomorrow at 2 o'clock for another edition of The Good. God bless. God bless.